Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to the Mowers Club. And, uh, well, tomorrow night it's going to be a long night, Stephen O'Keefe, because we're going to be up watching Nick Kyrgios play Novak Djokovic in a Wimbledon final. It's a sentence I didn't think I'd ever Mm. say, to be truthfully honest. And joining us now from Stan Sport, he's all over it. He's uh, covered the tournament for Stan. He's all over the Today Show. He's, He's like... Every time I look at the Today Show at the moment, <laughs> it's Masur and then Stefanovic. Um, Wally Masur, how are you? Well, I think what happened, Adam, and good morning to you and Stephen, is that I did appear on the Today Show once and then, yeah, back by public demand, I think. I don't think nine will Next be minute, back, gold Logie. The groundswell of opinion, yeah. <laughs> Those housewives, yeah. they've just demanded it. <laughs> they petitioned Mike Sneesby into saying... reality show, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, well... Uh, I opened up there with that sentence, Novak Djokovic playing Nick Kyrgios in the final of Wimbledon. How does does that sound to you? Well, Adam, as you said it, you said, which we can't believe, but we all thought it was possible, didn't we, over the years? We all, I think everybody, even people that don't follow tennis, can, could see Nick in action. Um, And he gave us little windows into what he was capable of. Um, But it was just a question of putting it together over time. And, he certainly has done that. And, you know, I think a big thing for me is he's always had the game, but I'd have to say he looks physically the best I think I've ever seen him. Um, hasn't played a full schedule, certainly didn't play a full schedule through those COVID years, but he has this love of basketball and whatever he's doing, he should continue to do it because he looks good physically, moving well. Uh, Wally, Steve O'Keefe here. So he's he's had the, he's got obviously had the extra day off uh, missing the semi-final, how much of an impact will that have? And what does he need to do to beat the likes of the Joker uh, in the final? Yeah. I was trying to weigh up whether that was a good or a bad thing. And I think ultimately you have to say it's a good thing. I believe, take the take the injury aside, I believe that, um, you know, he Nick was in the, in the place to beat Rafa. I mean, he's beaten him before at Wimbledon. And I think, given where the two men were respectively in form and in their career, I think Nick was ready to beat him. Um, and Rafa was, you know, as I said, injury side, he would have had to recover from that, um, you know, that long five-setter with Taylor Fritz. Now, the only trouble with Rafa, to beat Rafa, he always exacts a price. It's never easy. Mm. And I think that would have been detrimental for Nick's chances against Novak. I think against Novak now, he starts incredibly fresh. Um, he spoke about being really nervous the night after the Rafa match when he didn't get to play. So he would have had all this anxiety and tension ready to play Rafa, but there was no physical outlet. So I think that nervous night and the night where you play the match in your head, I think that's gone. Uh, He gets that extra 24 hours to prepare. Uh, I think this really plays into his hands well. And it was interesting to me watching Novak in that first set and John McEnroe made the comment against Cam Norrie. Novak First out of Australia, can't go to America. He has his eye on history. So every time he plays a slam, now there's a greater weight because he's just not getting a chance to play all four slams yeah. in a calendar year. There were times in the French Open when I felt he had Rafa where he wanted him in the match that they played, but he couldn't close it out. So once again, is there is there just this added pressure on Novak? Because he walked out on centre court against Cam Norrie and he played a really nervous first set. There's absolutely no question about that. Took him a while to settle in. Once he did settle in, he was ruthless. But 
If you don't settle in against Nick or any of that trust or belief is not there or any sort of nerves, um, I think Nick is ready to pounce. He's got the game to pounce. In terms of how does Nick beat him, obviously the serve. You know, Nick's got the best first and second serve in the world. A lot more balls will come back from Novak than most other players because he returns so well. But Nick's got power. He will win his share of points. I think all Nick has to do is identify the times where he needs to be patient, where he needs to play with a bit of variety, which he certainly can do. And look, I, I do think he's got the game to beat Novak. Novak's second serve to me is something Nick can exploit. He can step up and, and punish that. And Novak's first serve is accurate. And the grass gives him a little bit of extra. But the second serve to me is vulnerable. And, you know, I think there's an escape clause in any rally with Novak. If you slice to Novak's backhand, it's not that he doesn't like it, but he will play it very carefully. So if you're behind in the count and you, you can opt out and play either a foreign or a backhand slice into Novak's backhand, more often than not, he safely plays it back. But that, that changes the shape and the momentum of the rally. And it, it gives you a little escape clause in that rally. So I think there are things that Nick, you know, obviously knows about, and um, to me, the court has had a lot of play, no rest on the middle Sunday. There were a few bad bounces against Murray. That's good for Nick. He's very capable of serving and bowling or moving forward when the time is right. I think there's a lot of little areas of the game that he can exploit. Just on Nick, you had a bit to do with him when you were involved with the Davis Cup setup, and he was an emerging player. Um, okay, everyone said what they've said about his physical output in terms of preparation. But his tennis IQ, and it's it's relevant here because of what you mentioned there about how he has to be patient and pick his times. Is he one of those players that plays on a whim or he's actually got a really smart, no. savvy tennis yeah. IQ? Yeah, really good. And I got to see it even a little bit closer. Just recently, I've been helping an a, a 18-year-old kid out in Sydney who's you know emerging player, you know, playing the futures and the challenges and he's overseas at the moment. Nick played him in the first round of the doubles at the Australian Open. And, you know, a bit like me, he kind of saw him and thought, oh, this kid's interesting. And Nick has been practicing with him a lot in Sydney. Now, I've spent a bit of time on court with Nick and this, this kid. And Nick is really invested. Like, he's really talking to him about his game, what he needs to do. And I'm like, wow, this is gold. You know, he's just dissecting this kid's game and talking about where he needs to take it. He's encouraging him. You know, he's right in his corner. He messages him. He said, look, when the time's right, mate, we'll play doubles. Um, Nick will never be a coach, but he would be a really good one. Mm. What's well, like a man here with yeah. cricket. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's stick to Wimbledon uh, for the time <laughs> being. Um, he's a polarising character, Nick, and, uh, you know, I know we want to probably stick to the tennis talk with him, but I do want to get your opinion, Wally, since you, you've had, a, I guess, an intimate relationship with him or know him a bit better then uh, <laughs> intermittent in the right ways, and you, you know him personally. Yeah. Um, what, what's your take on Nick and the theatre, I guess, that goes on with uh, his tennis? Is it is it part of his game? Is it part to throw the opponent? Is it part trying to sell tickets? Um, or is it just a, a part ego? Where, where do you sit in regards to the way that Nick's um, behaviour has carried him so far? Uh, to me, it's pretty organic, you know, if... if if he feels it and he sees it, you know, he reacts. Um, I don't think it's manufactured. I think it's just pretty organic. It's just who he is. Yeah. Um, look, one, one thing, and I've probably said this a few times on air over the last few days, because obviously, you know, there's been some controversy in some of the matches. I feel like, and it was the same with McEnroe, Ilya Nastasi, Connors at times, Agassi at times, you know, tennis has this ability to throw up, you know, characters that can be disruptive. I just feel like there's a lot of rules in place. 
tennis is one of the most over-officiated sports on the planet. You know, one umpire, one supervisor, sideline. You've got all the chair people, you know, the linesmen. You've got Hawkeye. Like, and there's rules, you know. And I just think sometimes the umpire, um, you, you've got to enforce those rules. You've got to be pretty clear. You've got to be pretty unambiguous. And I think at times the umpires are reluctant to do it when the better players are on court. And sometimes a match can descend, you know, because of that. And, uh, you know, th- that's my take on it. Look, we, you, there was a guy in the second round, Davidich Fakina. You probably don't know him, but he's actually a good mm. player. He was defaulted on match point because he'd gone through the steps where he'd obviously overstepped, overstepped, you know, warning point game. Wow. Match. And it was match point. He was done. And it was oh, in the tiebreaker of this step. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the rules are there. Just, just apply them. And, you know, we probably wouldn't be talking about a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I've seen Wally uh, on our tours occasionally get really? a little angry, get a little aggro, never to the point where he needed to get socially defaulted. How many but, tennis rackets has Wally gone through in a game of social tennis? Oh, no, I didn't see him throw rackets, <laughs> but I reckon back in the day on the practice court, Wally, you got rid of a few. Well, look, here's the, here's the thing about tennis. I was really calm, actually, yeah, but it's a great sport for losing your mind. I don't know why, but it's... it's um, there's, there's nowhere to there's hide. Like this psychological pressure that builds up. And um, I was as quiet as a mouse, but every now and then I'll just have a brain explosion. And you look back <laughs> upon it and you go, what was I thinking? Um, it's just that kind of sport. Well, it's beautiful. We watched, say, Brandon Smith in the in the league last night. He got sent off. He called the uh, – oh, a couple of days ago. He, got, he called a the referee cheating. a, a <laughs> cheat. Um, and you get 10 minutes in the bin. Now, tennis – And about eight weeks probably the, the, well. And eight weeks uh, and, and a good fine. But the thing with tennis is there's no – and I admire swimmers, tennis players out there. When you're on court, you've, you've got nowhere to hide. You're on show. You're having a bad day. It's not like you can uh, get someone to come in and cover you a gap or fill in a spot. Um, and in that sense, I do have a lot of sympathy for the tennis players, in particular someone like Nick Kyrgios because – he wears his, you know, you'd love to play poker against Nick because he wears his heart on his sleeve, something that people find endearing about him but also frustrating. Um, you know, what? I, I guess maybe talk us through the challenges that you do face as a tennis player when you're out there with the pressure on you, particularly in a Grand Slam final. Yeah, and I guess that's all part of growing up, maturing, you know, accepting um, – the good and the bad, you know, not mm. flying too high, not getting too low and trying to reset, you know, forget the past. And they're all little things that as a tennis player, you know, each set is kind of like a punctuation mark. You've won it, you've lost it, you know, trying to stay on an even keel. I think Roger has done it amazingly by stint of his personality where he's just a guy that kind of lives in the moment. I think Rafa has disciplined himself to be in the moment and Novak and Andy Murray have certainly learnt it over the years. It's a journey that a lot of players go on. Um, I think, too, it's pretty important who's around you. I yep. think that you need, a, not necessarily a coach, but, you, you know, it could be anybody. It could be a parent, it could be a sibling, it could be a friend. But you need, you need a mirror. You need someone that can actually um, give it to you, tell it to you straight. You know, these are the things that are hurting you. This is what you need to work on. And, you know, at, at every point, player, players wrap themselves in layers to protect themselves because... For the majority of players, you lose every week. Mm. And you don't win that many titles over the course of your career, so you lose every week. Um, when you lose, you know, if a boxer has too many losses, he's done. You know, yep. A few losses and you're out. Your career's over. In tennis, you can have a lot of losses, you know, hundreds and hundreds of losses in your career. So you need to wrap yourself in layers to kind of protect yourself. But at some point, too, there's got to be honesty. So this, this is all part of the journey that you go on, and it's sort of 
you know, the boy becoming a man, really. You've just, yeah, you've just got to mature and, and kind of figure it all out. In closing, Wall, uh, who wins and why? Mm, yes, this final question. Okay, I'm going to say Nick. Mm. I don't think Novak is the supreme Novak that we're just, we just expect. I think there are some chinks there. I think Nick can take advantage of his second serve. Um, I believe Nick has the all-round game to do it. I believe now he has the the physical ability to do it, even if it goes the distance. Um, and make no mistake, Nick, Nick will have to execute well. You know, mm. he'll he'll have to be at his best. And the one thing that could be a stumbling block for Nick, I think, is this thirty or thirty-one Grand Slam finals for Novak. So. At some point, he's going to feel comfortable out there. This is Nick's first, and I don't know what it's like to step out in a Grand Slam final, but I imagine it's pretty daunting. So that how he how he copes with that may determine the whole match. And just quickly, the uh, the women's final as well. Ons Jabeur of um, Tunisia, her first Grand Slam final against Elena Rybakina of Kazakhstan, <laughs> Russia, four years ago. Interesting, it's turned out this <laughs> yeah. way. Well, that was a that was a good move because of course Kazakhstan they've got a bit of oil money and they buy. Russian players to represent their national teams. Right. Um, we played Kazakhstan in the Davis Cup, and they were all Russian. Um, nice. So, yes, yeah, fortunate, isn't it, that she made that move? I'm picking her to win. Yeah. Okay. Goes how stupid. Uh, oh, goes okay. to show how yes. stupid the rule was to ban them. You all. can buy Russian players. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't. She's well more. She's you. more Russian than Victoria Azarenka is Belarusian. <laughs> but because she's held yeah. onto her passport Azarenka and lived in the states for fifteen years, she gets she's banned. She gets yeah. But okay. it doesn't. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, anyway. Right. Anyway, British politics has had and, some interesting uh, issues this week, and um, yeah, this has thrown up another one with <laughs> yeah. uh, a Russian in the final. Anyway, uh, Walter, thank you. Look forward to the coverage on Stan. Thanks for the chat. See you guys. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto: Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.